My biggest fear would be when the first comes and I don't get the rent. I found that my tenant had dumped concrete down my toilet. Can you believe Fair Housing fined me $5,000 for that? How do you onboard your tenants? What do you do? I don't even know if I do it right. If you're a landlord, don't just rent, rent perfect. The Rent Perfect Podcast with property expert and private investigator, David Pickron. Well, it is Tuesday, July 21st. We're in the middle of the summer. It's in Arizona. It is warm outside. There's a little glossy look over us right now. Kind of humid reflection today. reflection on my head. Yeah, Sorry a little reflection. That. Got Mark Zinman here, uh, uh, my personal attorney and my very, very good friend. Certainly always grateful for him to come here and just kind of discuss some legal issues with us. Um, you know, we're the smaller landlords. We're the ones, one, five, ten properties. I know you represent the ones that have hundreds of thousands of doors, but it's so great to have you as, you know, a resource that we can go to and say, hey, tell us what you're seeing. What are the big boys doing? And then we can kind of educate us small little guys. So, Mark, thanks for coming. I appreciate you being here today. No, thank you so much. It seems like it's been too long since you and I did a podcast. It's been a, it's been a long time. Um, hey, Mark, you're licensed in Arizona. I'm only licensed. In You're only licensed. You're my personal attorney, but you are not <laughs> anybody's watching this podcast attorney. So we want you to go to your own state attorneys, your own personal attorneys, double check anything if you're going to change anything in your policies, procedures, um, anything there, because we want uh, we want you to have the right legal advice for your area. But today I want to talk about. I got a phone call uh, last week, and. Um, you know, somebody skipped out on their lease. So they had a 12-month lease, seven months into the lease. They said, you know, we're done We're done living here. We're moving out. And the uh, landlord called me and said, you know, what do I do? Seems kind of simple, but I wanted to talk a little bit about possession and then how can you collect the rest of your lease and if you can double dip and just kind of some different stuff like that. So, so Mark, what I think we have to really talk about what an eviction is for, and it is for returning the property to its rightful owner. It's for possession, correct? correct. Yeah, I mean, in Arizona, again, uh, like I said, I'm only licensed in Arizona, so what we're going to talk about is Arizona policies, Arizona laws, procedures here. I mean, the concepts may apply in other states, but it really, you need to get your own attorney and your own uh, review for each different state here. But in Arizona, I mean, the purpose of an eviction is to get possession back. You do get a judgment for whatever rent is owed through that date, through that month, um, but especially with the, the smaller clients that we have and that we represent the mom and pops, they think, you know, that the courtroom's a, an ATM and that they right. get a judgment and that they get the money. I'm like, right. no, 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 we're here to get you possession. Let's focus on what's priority, right. which is right. getting somebody out so you can actually turn that unit back in to fact, the market. In fact, 25 years ago when I first got into this business, you didn't get necessarily money judgment right away. You got possession and then you had to go through another procedure. And they're like, why, why go through two? Let's, let's rope it into one. But number one priority of the eviction court is to give the property back to its rightful owner. And no question. And I mean, that's the most important part. And going back to this whole thing, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of the mom and pops realize that somebody can just leave in the middle of the night and just walk away. And they're like, well, they broke the lease. And I'm like, yeah, they broke the lease and the law applies. But it doesn't make you whole the next day. Like, there's right. a lot of right. hoops that you have to go through to eventually, hopefully, get made whole or at least get your property back. Right. So I think there's two ways. Maybe we could break a leash. We could leave in the middle of the night and not return the keys. Or we can walk in and say, here are the keys. I'm out of here. Goodbye. What is the difference between the two uh, ways of breaking your lease? Yeah. So in Arizona, there's three ways to get possession back from a property, right? Tenant gives you the keys. The tenant abandons the unit. 
or you go through the eviction process all the way through the writ, and then you actually have a constable lock them out. So in reverse order, the judgment, you know, if you go through an eviction, you actually get a monetary judgment. If you go through an abandonment, which we have in Arizona, is you basically post certify mail, you just take possession back because it looks like they've moved out of state, they're gone. Right. Or, of course, the tenant turns in the keys at any point in the lease, right? They just say, you know what, I'm gone, here's the keys, you can go take possession back. Right. And if you have possession then in Arizona, and I'm sure in many other states, now you cannot pursue eviction because you really already have possession. Correct. So in this case, they came, they turned in their keys, they said, hey, uh, thank you very much, but we're done. We found we found a better place or we bought a place or whatever they decided to do. Here are your keys back. What does she do now? Yeah. So that's, I mean, right off the bat, the first thing you have to do is go and inspect the home, right? You want to secure it once you've gotten the keys. And I can't stress that, especially in Arizona, keys are possession. So the physical keys, once you have them in your hand, go change the locks if you want to, do your inspection, pictures, video. I mean, there's literally no reason at this point in our world with cell phones. You can't take a video over pictures. It blows my mind. Right. So well document the property. Absolutely. And then start getting your invoices. What you're kind of preparing for is in Arizona, you have 14 business days to get an accounting out to the resident of what they owe you or what you owe them. And so everything is kind of preparing to that 14 business day mark. So you're holding, say, let's just make up a number. You're holding a $1,500 security deposit. Um, Can you apply that towards the next month's rent that you're not going to get? Yeah, it, the the deposit will go, let's say they skip out in the middle of the lease, right? It's a year-long lease, six months in, they skip out, and you've got six more months to go, and it's $1,000 a month. So theoretically, in addition to whatever damages they owe, they also these $6,000, but a landlord has a duty to what's called mitigate their damages, which is try and re-rent the property. Okay. So the law basically says is the tenant's liable to the end of the lease or until it's re-rented, whichever one is earlier. Okay, so if they come in and turn in their keys, you might not know how much they're going to owe you until you get it refurbished, re-rented, and then you have to do your accounting and say, okay, I I missed two months of rent, I had all these fixes, I minus the security deposit, now they still owe me X amount. Exactly, yeah, so the law requires you to get an initial accounting within the 14 business days, sent out to the tenant's last known address, which a lot of times you may not know, it might be the subject property, but you have to do that regular mail. And then basically as you figure out, you know, the total amount of damages or when it's re-rented, if it's not six months, it turns out to be two months, then send a final accounting saying, look, this is actually the final dollar amount of what you owe. Right. I got the property re-rented within two months, so you're not responsible for the last four months of the lease, but you're responsible for two months of the lease and these damages minus your security deposit. Correct. And that's, again, separate from like lease breaks, which I know some of the apartment communities do. That's a different issue. This is literally just you have a lease. Right. They're liable until you re-rent it or until the end of the lease, whichever so, is earlier. So they come back and either don't respond or say, I'm not paying you. What does a landlord do? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of pretty common, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. I mean, collection rates, I think, on, on these issues are pretty low um, for numerous reasons. Because if a person's leaving, you know, they, they may not have the ability to pay. They may not be liquid. Um, right. Your real option is to file a small claims case, which in Arizona, you can go up to $3,500. Okay. You go to justice court for up to ten thousand. Um, if it's more like substantial damages, high end rent, you may end up in superior court over ten thousand. You can either do that yourself, you can do that through a collection company potentially, or just go hire an attorney as well. Okay, so you can sue them, or you can send it off to a collection agency for them to sue them, pretty much. Exactly. Right. Yep. So you have two options there. Eventually, you're gonna to ever get your money, you're gonna end up in court. Right. Know, there's just no way around it. 
Now, I would recommend hiring somebody, and, and I'd recommend staying kind of quiet for two, three months, let them get settled. As a PI, when I go to find somebody or I want to see where they work, I need to let them like kind of season a little bit, let some time go by. We're not going to find where someone skipped and where they're living tomorrow or where they're, if they change jobs, where they're working tomorrow. We need to let them kind of, you know, it's interesting. People think we go out and find people. Actually, people find us by filling out applications, by turning on utilities. The data somehow flows to us, and we can start figuring out where people are. So if you're a frustrated landlord and you had someone skipped and you want your money like right now, you're going to need to be patient. Because like you said, first of all, you might not ever get a dime. So you don't want to spend a lot of your good money after the same person that's already got you once. You're going to really have to make a decision to say, is this worth it? Now, if they went off to buy a home and they have an asset, it might be worth it to, to slap a lien on the home after you get judgment and, and do that. But if they're just running because they can't pay and, and they're living with, with family, we just might want to wait a little bit of, of time or we might just want to write it off. Maybe sometimes the best time, best thing to do is write it off, but that is certainly up to each individual circumstance. Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want to throw good money after bad. I mean, we've had tons of conversations I've had with clients where we'll get an eviction judgment, let's say, for $1,500. And immediately the next day, they're like, well, I've got another claim for 7000 for all this damage they did to my property. I want you to go sue them. And I go, okay, well, you already have a judgment for $1,500. Why don't you go try and garnish, go collect on that one. If you can collect, then look at the second lawsuit. But paying me hourly to file a second lawsuit that may end up not being worth the paper it's printed on. Because you couldn't get the first 1500 It makes no sense. I can get you a million-dollar judgment, but if it's not collectible, <laughs> it doesn't do you any good. I'll frame it for it's you. A it's a really, really good important. judgment. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so we skip out, we call, we say, hey, we're leaving the property. Or maybe we don't say we're leaving the property. Maybe rent just doesn't come, and you go over to the house, and you look through the windows. No one's answering their phones. It looks abandoned. Do you like that abandonment process or do you instantly go to write to the notice of non-payment and go right into eviction court? Yeah, I mean, the abandonment process was really intended, I think, as an alternative to the eviction. Again, I'm an attorney, so I will tell you I prefer going through the eviction process, not because that's where the bills get paid, but realistically because you've gone through a court process and a judge has said, yes, you did everything right, you're entitled to possession. At least in Arizona, the abandonment process really just relies on sending out a certified notice and posting it on the door. So if a tenant comes back and says, hey, I was on vacation, how did you take back possession? You're like, oh, I got this little green slip. Yes, it provides some protection protection, as opposed to a judge saying, no, 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 you breached. Landlord took possession back legally. So I always prefer the legal answer. And you end up with a a judgment at the very end, too. Correct. So, Okay, so there are multiple ways to handle, at least in Arizona, probably similar in in other states. Uh, Check with your attorney. You probably have three options. Uh, to uh, deal with someone who skips out on your lease. It's going to happen to you if you're a lifelong, uh, lifetime landlord. It's going to happen. People buy a home. People, you know, some things happen in people's lives. So know exactly what you're doing. But go see an attorney. If, if you're not sure what you're doing, get some legal advice. It's well worth it. If you take over a property where someone's on vacation or there's some issues there, you're going to have another problem. We don't want you to have that other problem. So, Mark, thank you so much for clarifying clarifying that for us. We certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. I can't stress it enough, though. Just make sure whatever state you're in, make sure if you have to send out that accounting, you do that timely. In Arizona, we have a three times penalty for not doing that. I mean, there's those are one of those things. 
holding a tenant's deposit wrongfully is one of those things you just don't do. So you want to make sure you're, you're following the statutes properly. I appreciate that. We do not want to be paying three times anything Yeah, uh, that takes out of our bottom line. So thanks again. We appreciate it. And until next time, continue to rent perfect.